Uh, Jesus didn't have a problem with people that's in the streets. He had a problem with religious people. How can I help anybody when I'm not even when I was not even able to help my own son? I would never do that. I would never do that. And I became that in a matter of minutes when they took my pain pills away. And I said, I'm not where I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Ugh. This is Faith in Your Recovery. I am Randy Davis. Welcome to the battle. Thanks for joining us again on Faith in Your Recovery. We're glad you're out there, glad you're joining us. Hope you'll be able to take something away from this, maybe that you haven't heard before, or you need to hear it one more time before it'll sink in. We've all got a little of that in us. My recovery rock star today is Derek Miller. Welcome, Derek. Howdy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, we're excited. I'm anxious to hear what you have to share. You've told me a little of your story, and it sounds like uh, sounds like you've been there and done that. Yes, sir? <laughs> yes, sir. A few times. Yeah. 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 It, it, unfortunately, didn't didn't take the first time or the second or the third or the fourth. You know, it, it took me because, you know, I uh, in the beginning – stages it's like i only you know jumped in with one foot and kept one foot left in this world and i didn't completely surrender i didn't i really i don't think i knew how you know if <laughs> if you haven't been there you can't yeah, yeah, know how yeah and it's a it's a learning curve so oh you don't absolutely kick yourself in the butt you just pick your butt up and move forward keep and going keep going uh, yes and, and uh go farther each time it is you know and you know and as we grow in this and and meet more people along the way and then you know sometimes there's you know i was fortunate to have a couple of good guys that really you know this last time and uh uh got a hold of me and and i i did i completely surrendered um I couldn't do it no more. I, you know, I was at my end this last time, and uh, and I just I had to finally let go, forget about the world, and then start step one. <laughs> well, that's all right, and yeah. we're going to get to that here sure. in a few moments, but we'll kind of build up to that. Sure. Let's go back to your childhood days. Tell us what your growing up years were like, if you would. You know, um, at the beginning, you know, of, of my awareness, I should say, uh, um I grew up with, with, you know, drinking was the norm. My, my mom, uh, was an alcoholic and, and my dad, um, you know, he was quite the party guy too, but they had divorced when I, you know, uh, was really young. And so alcohol and, and partying was, uh, just part of the way of life, you know, uh, early on. And, uh, I was living with my mom, um, we had gotten in a couple of wrecks, um, you know, while she was driving and, uh, with me in the car at five years old. And I mean, I remember those very clearly and, uh, you know, and it was just, it got bad, you know, for my mom. And then I ended up moving, uh, to my father's and, uh, how old were you then, Derry? Um, you moved to your dad's? probably around six or seven. That's close enough. Uh, yeah. Were they geographically pretty close to each well, other? That's, that's the thing is, is I, I had to say goodbye to my mom because my dad was in Florida. Ah. Oh. 
So and mom lived here in Indiana. And, and mom was in Indiana, yeah. Okay. So being that young and that's your mom and then, and, you know, experiencing, you know, what we went through with those crashes, the, the trauma, the, you know, watching her head go through a, a windshield, you know, when we hit a telephone pole uh, head on, you know, and, and so... I, you know, but I love my mom and I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to leave her, but sure. my dad, you know, had to step in and say, you know, before you kill our kid, you know, it's, it's time, you know, I got to, he got custody of me at a young so age. So he kind of took it into his own hands before the system had to. It yes, exactly. Like a, exactly. That possibility. Yes. Anyway. And then, you know, and this was in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. So, you know, a little different time, you know, um, compared to the way things are now. And, uh, so, but, uh, yeah, before the system was involved, yeah, my dad, um, got, got custody and how did it work out with you living there at your dad beside the herd of missing mom? How was the rest well, of the it, life? It, it honestly, it, it just did nothing but got worse from there. Uh, my dad was married to a lady that, uh, uh, I, <laughs> um, uh, she just wasn't nice, uh, wasn't a good person at all. And my dad was always gone working, you know, a couple of jobs and, and we lived down in Venice, Florida. I mean, really nice place. And I mean, I got to see the ocean and all that, you know, so there was some, but, uh, it came down to, I mean, she you know, abused me really bad uh, physically and, uh, you know, would lock me in my room, um, you know, just hit me, beat that's me. A, that's <laughs> a lot of trauma after which you'd already been through yeah. with the accident, your mom's drinking. Yes. To move into that with the physical abuse and yeah. all that had to go with that. Yes. That had was... to be pretty hard on you. You know, and when I look back and think, you know, it's just like I, I think I was just, you know, I would stay in my bedroom or be locked there, but it was just pure survival, you know, and I had to have everything perfect in my room. And if I had one thing out of place, well, that's, well, I, you know, got tore up for it, you yeah. know, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, but my dad was gone and I, you know, I got threatened, you know, you don't say speak about this to anyone, you know. So then, call of abuse, you keep yes, the secret. Keep the secret, and I did for a long time. Well, well, we ended up moving back here to Indiana, my dad and her, and uh, we moved in actually with her mom. And I had a little brother then, and uh, the abuse definitely kept going for me. Um, I mean, she would lock my little brother in, in the room with me. And uh, uh, any time that I, he would scream or cry, I mean, it, you know, she would come in and take it out, you know, take it out on me. And and so the, the beatings, I mean, she had this paddle. She would just hit me wherever. And, uh, you know, and it was, it was hard. Uh, I mean, when imagine. I imagine. Yeah. And, um it was it was just really tough and looking back you know and i i just i was definitely and it went into a survival mode i i you know was just trying to make it through each day or you know but definitely miserable <laughs> walking on eggshells and oh, thin ice oh oh yeah yeah absolutely I, I, 
Yeah, day in and day out had to take its toll Absolutely. on you mentally, physically, and every other way. Oh, yeah. Emotionally. And, oh, and so how how this came about or, you know, is when we moved back to Anderson, you know, they, they I wasn't even allowed to call my mom. It's like, I, but my dad still had no idea. But for whatever reason, I remember when we came back home to move to Anderson, you know, I was so excited to see my mom and wanted to see my mother and it's like they wouldn't let me call her. She wouldn't so let me. So how long had you been away from her at that uh, time? A couple of years. Okay, a couple yeah. of years without yeah. speaking or seeing her. Yes. And you're back in the same town. Yes. And it's making no difference as far as contact. Exactly. Okay. And uh, and just the abuse kept going. Uh, there finally did. I, I finally went into... Uh, an office room in that house there and i remembered my aunt's phone number and i called my aunt and told her that it, i was home you know and i could remember kind of hearing the shock in her voice you know and i'm like i'm here you know i said i miss my mom and uh you know and then you know just basically said goodbye but within a few weeks i was able to go see my mom and and she had gotten remarried to a, another gentleman who who is still, you know, a big part of my life to this day, my stepfather. A positive. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But he had a mess of a kid that, I mean, to even try to handle because I was a mess. But uh, um, basically, just to kind of sum that up, uh, you know, I, I got to finally go start seeing my mom on the weekends and my stepdad, and then I just remember – you know, I was going in to take a bath, and uh, and as I was walking in there to go take a bath, my mom wanted me to take a bath, and she's like, Derek, what's, you know, and seeing all these bruises and, and stuff on my back and my, my rear and down my legs, and, you know, and she's just like, what happened to you, you know, and I'm just like, you know, hey, I got spanked, and but I remember, I remember her laying me down on on a bed and taking pictures of me, and uh, that's how everything kind of got found out on that front. And then I went through counseling, and then they realized what was really going on this whole time. Uh, and I'll never forget. My dad said, "Son, get your stuff gathered up, and we're getting out of here." And I'll just never forget that feeling of. Just pure joy, knowing that I was getting out of there. That and you were going to be safe. I was going to be safe, and I was going to be away from her. You and could breathe. I could breathe. <laughs> and uh, and we went to my my dad's parents, uh, my grandparents, and uh, they are, uh, uh, you know, Christian. And then where I started going to church, you know, and, and learned about Christianity, you know, as a child growing up and, and, uh, so from that point, you know, through the rest of my childhood, I ended up moving back with my mom and, uh, my mom went and got help and, uh, stayed sober for a long time, uh, years, 14, I think. And then, uh, you know, went through high school and, and, uh, you know, kind of started partying, uh, in the late, you know, my junior or senior year, um, you know, my childhood up until, you know, after that was all over was obviously way better, but I was, 
also, I guess you'd call it PTSD. You know, I you was, were acting out the pain that was within you. I'm oh, guess, yeah. Through some rebellion, Absol- uh, bad choices. Absolutely. Tell I, us about that. You know, and, and uh, you know, it's... And I, you know, it hurts because uh, my mom and and my stepdad were really trying to love me, you know, but it's like, I don't know what I, you know, it's hard to really put into words what I was going through as a kid, but I did act out rebellious. I I said some things that like, I could see the shock factor on their face, you know, uh, going through that. And then, um, and my mom always pretty much told me I was, you know, I was a handful since birth. So, you know, I just had a pretty big spirit. And uh, but I got to high school, you know, got into a, a group of friends that I went to a great school, um, you know, kind of out in the country and uh, had my small group of friends. And, you know, we got into drinking on the weekends. I was involved in sports and and all that. And, uh, you know, and but looking back now and seeing, you know, when I started drinking with the guys or, or whatever, I was always the first one, you know, I had no breaks, you know, right from the get go. All or nothing. All or nothing, you know, and even looking back, you know, like when I was a young, a young kid, three and four, I remember, you know, my dad and his buddies like, Oh, there's little Miller, you know, and Give me a drink of beer or, you know. I remember the days when that was the fun thing to do yeah. to a child. So that was Whoa. that was me. And I remember literally being drunk at a real early age, you know, and and getting laughed. You know, they was laughing at me. and But, you know, and so I guess, you know, when I got into high school and started experimenting with, with drinking and stuff, I you know, I was all in. I mean, right from the get-go, and uh, I literally had no breaks. And and when I turned 18, uh, uh, I started working for my dad, and... what kind of work, Derek? Um, we Well, he they had a cleaning business at the time. We did all the, you know, chain grocery stores around this town, and we did carpet cleaning, and uh, stripping and waxing, and I, I had si- signed up for the Marines and was due to ship out uh, in two weeks, and I, I had actually uh, was with a gal, and we were, I was actually in her car driving drunk, and we went around this corner. I lost control, and we went down into an embankment 30, 40 feet, broke my left eye socket, broke my left collarbone, and uh, so that stopped the Marine Corps from leaving there. And so then I just started working for my dad. And, uh, you know, after I recovered from that with intentions of going back, but then I just started, you know, making money and still hanging out with my friends after high school. And then it, here comes some pot. And then I learned about, uh, you know, a couple different types of pills, you know, some benzos and uh couple pain pills but i never really got into that it was just the only thing i was really interested in was just drinking and so then it started leading to you know the year i turned 18 is the first time i got in trouble with the law ever and uh 
And then so my criminal history starts at 18, uh, and unfortunately. mainly alcohol-related. Yes. Christian, I'm getting. Yeah, I mean. So what was the first contact with the law in an... I'll never forget Due to a crime, you know, and my first time that I got in trouble, I was still waiting to leave for the Marines and, uh, my buddy and I were cleaning a place and, w- and we actually, it was a kidney dialysis place that we were cleaning and we had found a couple syringes on the, you know, floor. And for whatever reason, I picked them up and put them in my pocket cause we were like on our way out and I didn't want to leave them there. Not that I knew anything about injecting drugs or whatever, but um, I was in the smoking pot pretty heavy then. And uh, so we're, we're leaving that place and, you know, going, and then we get in the car to go to the next place. Well, we get pulled over for a headlight out. And, uh, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm supposed to be going to the Marine Corps, you know what I mean? And here I got a quarter ounce of marijuana on me and, trying to hide it under the seat and of course the cop you know does a search finds it and then he finds these syringes and it's like well you you know that (laughs) was it that was yeah (laughs) i was like i'm you know tried to tell him the truth you know that we were we were cleaning a place and that's where i got him i think he eventually believed me but oh it was a it was terrible until he got the idea you know I, he was thinking i was a, a drug user and and so i went to jail me and him both and uh how long um i ended up staying a day or two it's kind of like you know my dad bailed me out and got the speech you know this is your one time you know and and you know after this you're on your own and uh and then you know i talked with my attorney they knew i was going to be leaving for the marines so they just you know brushed it under the table and it went away um because i was due to leave pretty soon and they didn't you know that would have saved me from that getting on my record and and then i'm not kidding i was (laughs) i it was not even a week later uh me and a buddy uh, he picked me up I work third shift and, and, you know, doing these, these grocery stores, cleaning their floors and what have you. And, uh, you know, here comes a cop. He, my buddy picked me up with a, he had a, a joint and there we would go for a ride on lunch break. And for some reason we get pulled over and, you know, he obviously he smells the weed and <laughs> here we go back to jail for round two, a week, a week, not even a week later. And it was it was uh, a cop that had seen me and talked to me the first time, and I remember sitting on the bench in the jail, and he walked by and just looked at me like, you know, dude, just, what are you oh, doing? What here? the heck are you doing? You know. And so it was. Uh, I didn't know what to, you know, think about it, but I, you know, I just I was definitely disappointed with myself and. Uh, so close to you know losing my chance which i ended up doing for drinking when we had that accident but so you never got into the marine no i never did never got there by the time i got held up and stuff i was pretty involved with my dad's business and uh so it was just and i worked and i mean i did i worked a lot of hours and so i i know you know i was a workaholic and i worked 
you know, basically around the clock. And, but I, you know, my dad was still drinking and stuff. And so we got together and, you know, I, I guess learned how to be a little bit of a better drinker, but then I would have occasions where I, you know, got out of line, but we'd go up to the lakes and stuff, but, and I would be at, up at night going through everybody's coolers, drinking their beer, <laughs> you know, while everybody else is sleeping, they'd all wake up wanting the beer. And here I was, uh, you know, 17, 18 years old, uh, drinking everybody's beer out of their coolers that left them out at night, you know, and they're waking up like, where's our beer? Oh, it was me and a couple of buddies and, you know, running around, you know, so I just, it was, you know, all about the party and, and having fun. And, um, but what I didn't realize at the time, you know, I didn't understand anything about addiction. Of course, at that time, I knew my mom, uh, had went and got help, uh, when I was a little bit younger, when she got sober, but I, I was in my high school years and, and just really, hey, it was playtime. It was playtime. It yeah. was playtime for yeah. you then. You know yes. better now, but you didn't then. Yeah. So I got off right at 18, you know, arrested twice in, in a, in a week there for the same thing, marijuana. And <clears throat> The second time, uh, it, we, it was just since we had a joint, they ended up letting that go. I had still had to go in front of the judge, so I, I got off the hook twice here. And I'm thinking, you know, I guess in my younger mind, I'm thinking, well, this ain't all that, you know. But then uh, shortly thereafter, then here come the DUIs. Um, not, you know, uh, I've had several now, like six. Okay. So, um, you know, through my years and my, my first one at 21, you know, even though I was drinking, you know, pretty heavily before I even turned 21, uh, uh, you know, as soon as I turned 21 and, uh, started hitting the bars and stuff like that and driving, you know, intoxicated, you know, uh, here come the DUI and then no sooner and I'd get through the probation with, with that, you know, and then, then here come the second one, you know, and then the probation put the scare in you, but when it was over, oh yeah, back to the game party. on, game on, yeah, and uh, you know, and then then it was PIs, you know, uh, then I got in, I was got into some fighting, uh, you know, at the bars and got kicked out of a couple places. Um, were you still doing marijuana at this time, Derek, or was it just the alcohol? And I don't say that lightly when I yeah. say just, yeah. I should say only the alcohol. Uh, no, that, you know, and, and during that time, I, you're, that's a good, great question. But yeah, I would smoke whenever I, I, I wasn't buying it as much, but if there was definitely a, a marijuana around or whatever, or, or any kind of drug you know i tried acid i mean i uh you know i was experimenting with with uh you know i tried cocaine one time um but it's like i wanted to see what it was all about but that stuff really did scare me i mean i i just really didn't want no part of it so you never got heavy into I, the uh, thank other god drugs, I, you know because cocaine yeah because 
I have no doubts I'd be dead, and I'm 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 so fortunate that I'm not dead to this day. Well, you, know? you described yourself as an all-in kind of guy, yeah. and if you're using some of those other drugs and you're yeah. all in, boy, the danger element uh, climbs in a heartbeat. Yeah, and then I, you know, I I did end up in the hospital a couple of times, um, and all that. But I, you know, I've always kind of had a um, kind of, you know, I was a guy that always stuck up for the little guy, you know, and, and I didn't like bullies and stuff. And so, you know, the few fights that I, I did get into and, and a couple of them wasn't even, I wasn't even drinking. I was just, uh, thought I seen wrong, you know, and, but I handled it, you know, the wrong, I, short temper maybe, <laughs> You know, but I was going through so much stuff, and you're still trying to get rid of that anger from everything you've been through as a young child. That's not an excuse, no. folks. We're not trying to tell you it is, but no. it is one of the reasons why uh, you were about what you yes, were about. and that's what I I I want to uh, yeah clarify, and that's that's a great point, and uh, for sure, um, you know, so the trouble just keeps coming how long was it how long of a period was let's just call it that dark part of your life <laughs> how long did that last and i know it's never over yeah. over but how long was that battle from 18 uh until about 45 so, wow, that's 17 years, half yeah. your life. Over and half my life. When you were 45, that would have been half your life. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, basically, you know, but I, I got married pretty early, and uh, I had a stepson, and I, I had a son, and uh, I was definitely all about my family. And and I was ended up being married for 20 years, but through that marriage, you talk about chaos, you know, uh, um, and that's where I uh, come learn later about narcissism and, uh, uh, you know, the kind of person I was dealing with on a daily basis. I mean, I, I love my wife and I, I we're divorced now, but I mean, I always will love her and care for her, but uh, it was ugly. I mean, it, uh, trying to go to counselor we would overwhelm our counselor it was he was just like i think divorce is probably the so the, you say it was ugly is that from both sides yes of the table? yes is and that, then i would escape to use that as an you know i was using whatever for an excuse to go out in the garage and drink and stay away and then uh of course that just did vicious nothing but cycle. a vicious vicious cycle for a long time so that was a part of that 18 years there yes. that battle so how did you start to climb out of that at what point what was the lights on moment um, lead us into great. lead us into recovery oh yeah um seeing it today um it, it, things started coming to a head, um, and I, 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 I got in trouble, you know, again uh, for another DUI, I'm, I'm sure. But her and I had came to a head, and, I, well, here, here's what happened is I got kicked, you know, we separated or kicked me out, whatever. So I get out, 
I hop in my truck and I'm, I went, the first thing I did was went, of course, and buy beer and I, and it's in the middle of winter and I have no place to go. Uh, this is a very defining moment in my, my life and my recovery. And, um, but I, I drove to my cousin's house, my old faithful buddy, you know, drinking buddy, but he wasn't, he wasn't there. And I remember sitting on his front porch freezing, you know, I didn't know where he was at the time, but I just sat out on his front porch and I you had nowhere else to be. Yeah. Right? right. So I just started drinking and I was freezing cold, you know, and, uh, things just started coming to me. Like I just really started taking a look at myself and where I was at that While moment. You're sitting there, you're yes. starting to contemplate yes. on who you are, where <laughs> you're at, Absolutely. what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and you know, looking back at that particular night, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's pretty powerful for me because, uh, Takes time, man. Life had finally, I got to the point where I fell to my knees <laughs> and, uh, and I prayed. Hold on, folks. We've always said here at A Better Life, Brianna, is hope when we share <laughs> on this podcast faith in your recovery. It's raw, it's real. It dredges up some of the past, some of the hurt, some of the pain, maybe undealt with grief for regardless, regret. And I'm sure that's where we're at now. So Derek yeah. will tell us more in a moment. But, uh, and, um, so I, I had fell to my knees. I mean, I just, you know, everything just came flooding into me and uh, seeing my part of the destruction I laid behind me stop just a second if you will sure i hope you heard that folks he said seeing his part no fingers being pointed except at himself and recognizing i own a part of this go ahead so uh when i hit my knees and prayed i prayed like i i never prayed before in my life how long since you'd been in church at that point a few years um, my, my wife and I did actually try it. You know, we went to church, uh, pretty regular, honestly, but I was, uh, I guess you could say a dry drunk. I, I did have a, a few periods of sobriety, you know, through the years there. Uh, but I would never dealt with the past. I, you know, I had all this stuff inside of me. Behaviors hadn't necessarily changed. No. Just the drinking. Yes. And so I was still a mess, you know, of a, of a person. And, uh, but you know, this, when I fell and I let all that go and I, I just gave it to God because I was at the point, I, I literally didn't care if I lived or died anymore. I was done. <laughs> I mean, I was done, done. And all this is happening on a porch. On a porch. <laughs> Not Freezing. in God's house, where <laughs> nope. so many times we think we've got to find yeah. You can do it on a porch. In the middle of winter, yes, you can. Even as an alcoholic. Yeah. With nothing left, everything you've got <laughs> with you in that yeah. moment, basically. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell us. And uh, 
I felt something after that, something I've never felt before. And it's like, uh, it's like I started understanding who I, I was or as a person. It's like I had, I just, I could just tell God had laid his hand on me and I just had these thoughts. It's like I, all of a sudden I knew what I had to do. I knew where I needed to go. I mean, because I, before then, I just, I mean, I, I poured every, uh, everything I had in me uh, into that prayer. And it just, it, everything just, <laughs> like I said, came flooding out. And so I, I, I knew what I had to do. And so the next day, uh, even though I froze that night, but I, I just knew God had just touched me. Well, you were, you had emptied yourself. Yes. Which allowed him to. <laughs> to fill you yes to fill you and new. i felt and you know and you know, you try to explain this to somebody when you have a moment like that and and you know a lot of people can't relate you know to or you know kind of brush it off but when when <laughs> well you, i'm gonna guess you would have too yeah oh yeah absolutely said, hey Derek, this yeah. is the way it's gonna work pal yeah uh yeah. you'd have laughed him off the street and grabbed another one yes and so, but, you know, when God lays his hand on you, I mean, there's no denying it. You just feel it on you another level. You know what you know <laughs> yeah. in the moment that you know it. Absolutely. And I knew uh, I had to get back on track. I had to quit this woe is me. And uh, I, so I, I went to an old buddy's that I used to work with years ago, uh, this older uh, Mexican guy, he's a great, great friend of mine. And I just started eating healthier and, and going to work and, uh, um, and, you know, got really turned around, you know, in my thinking and, uh, and, and did so good. And then felt like, you know, uh, after some time had passed and I reunited with my ex uh, thinking that, you know, Hey, I've got my act straight. Everything's going good. Everything's going to be good now. And, uh, so we jumped back into the relationship part of it and it didn't go good. You weren't ready for that. <laughs> no, no. And, and, um, but with the way she was to, and, and problems that, you know, going through some recovery, um, going through some recovery, uh, you know, I'd learned some tools and things, you know, and, and heard some stories about, you know, I, so I started seeing things by going to meetings and getting help. Um, uh, you know, what, you know, started, you know, you think you got it bad, but there's always people out there that are sharing stuff and you're like, wow, you know, I, I have, no, there's some people out there that really got you know been through some stuff doesn't matter how dark the story it doesn't matter always a dark there's a there's a darker one somewhere that doesn't excuse ours no sir no sir it don't no no sir we're we're each individuals on our own on our own walk and uh so once i started getting educated in the aa uh learning you know looking at the steps i you know i wasn't like i said one foot in the door one in the world (laughs) and uh but I just like, you know, we tried to go to counseling, but I just felt like 
it was a one-sided it like it was just me you know since i was the one with all the problems and uh you know i don't have any it's just you you know and so everything just felt like it landed on my shoulders no matter and i just felt like i could never do anything right in my marriage you know or uh, it was a very toxic relationship which led me back to drinking uh eventually again in more trouble uh you know, up until, um, the, the last time, um, when, when things really came to a head for me, which is what we were getting at, or, you know, when I, um, where it, uh, it literally affected, you know, I was, I was, uh, drunk and, uh, here, my, my, kids are grown but they're they're you know they've had to deal and see me you know pretty much all their lives off and on you know drunk i i come home walk in a cur- you know corner urinate something you know i just uh so they they seen uh, a lot you know and had to deal with a lot growing up but they also knew you know the the, the you know the times that i was uh sober I mean, I love my kids to death, and they did know that. Um, you know, I, I coached their baseball. I mean, I had the greatest times of my life. So I had. There some, were good moments. Oh yes, even amidst all the struggle. Uh, yes, yes, and uh, my my boys definitely knew that I loved them, but they knew that I struggled uh, with alcohol, and uh, you know, and it's just, and I think what happens is, you know, as we, and and it is, it's a vicious circle. I mean, we. We, we go and go and go until we screw up. You know, we think, man, we're going to get it all back together, you know, get myself back together again, and you do good for a while. But it's, for me, it was just the daily, the daily grind, I think, just day in, day out, work, bills, barely scraping by, you know, a week at a That's time. That's a bunch for anybody, yeah. even those who have never had uh, any yeah. addiction issues. Oh, That's yeah. That's a battle. It, wears it wears on a guy you know and uh you you know there's things you want to do with your family but you can't you know i was working six days a week uh for over 20 some years you know and i mean i did have we did take some time here and there but uh but generally that's like like that was my life working six days a week and and paying the bills and uh, but miserable at home with my marriage and um, but my boys, you know, are real, really what kept me going. Well, Derek, tell us where you're at today. We've got just a few more minutes okay. here. Okay. But tell us where you're at today and what your recovery's looking like. Well, um, uh, I went through a, a, uh, a three quarter house or a halfway house. And while I was there this last time, and this is when I was in with both feet with my recovery i surrendered this is total commitment this is total commitment uh, i went to a place called house of hope here and that place and i was in for, with both feet for the first time in my life and it's a you know was kind of a long uh three-month program and then i went into a three-quarter house but it changed my life and i got the, my first real sponsor you know and uh, but during that time I had, I had found out I, uh, that I had congestive heart failure. 
so in my sobriety and you know thankfully i i'm i'm glad i found out then uh with the support around me at that time and uh so right now you know i'm i i uh, i volunteer here at the christian center and uh you know and help with you know homeless people that are homeless and uh i i got to stay involved um because even after, you know, two and a half years of sobriety, a day comes in that I'm not planning, you know, thinking I'm okay. And, and that old, I'm just inside you. Yes. And, and here comes a relapse after all this time, you know, but I, I told on myself right away and (laughs) got right back on my horse and, and uh taking accountability oh like yeah you said, yeah you both feed in well and i carried a lot of guilt and shame for so long and and learning to love myself again and forgive myself amen to that it was the hardest thing for me to overcome uh but now today i'm involved with the christian center i mean this place is is just fabulous and if you if you're in a position that you want to change your life this place is it, you know, and I, now I'm in a position where I can give back, uh, you know, some and, uh, but I'm, you know, still dealing with my health and, you know, then there comes this whole other new factor of life that, that we all face at some point, you know, and it's, you know, looking at your health, you know, you're thankful for every day. So I just make sure I keep one day at a time, st- stay, stay focused and, um, and just live for today and sometimes just for this minute. Derek, wrap this up. I'd like to remind you the name of our podcast is Faith in Your Recovery. What's that mean to you? <sighs> that you can you can do this. Uh, and and I, I've heard this said to me, if I can do it, anybody can do it, you know. And um, But I've, everybody's in a different journey and uh, – you know, it it takes you to get sometimes get knocked to your knees where you have no room left to go. But upstairs, you know, when God's all you've got, when God's, God's all, all you, you got, need. yeah, <laughs> you prove uh, that they're on your knees off the porch. And you know, I, I'm just telling anybody out there that anybody listening that, uh, you know, are, are you tired? You know, are you tired of this life? Yeah, you know, and you can make you can change, and there's help out there for you. You just got to reach out, and and you can do it, folks. I hope you heard those final words. Are you tired? Uh, there's rest. There there's is rest. peace, and you're not gonna if you don't have it where you're at. You're not gonna find it where you're at. You're gonna have to go to a different spot, and God's that spot. We hope you'll make that choice. God bless. Stay in the battle. Derek's living proof. You can win it. Best wishes, our prayers. God bless. Amen. Amen.